Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Which brings us to the quarterback play. Uh, and maybe I think this is going to be an interesting discussion that will surprise people, um, maybe in a good way. Maybe people will be like, no, I think what I think, and that's typically how it goes. But um, when you go back and you watch the quarterback play and you look at Sam Howell's day, a day that he goes 6 of 22 for 56 yards, there was two interceptions, neither of which I think are his fault. Uh, you'll be able to chime in on that in a moment. And has the worst quarter, or worst QBR I've literally ever seen. I've never seen a 1.7 QBR on ESPN's right. quarterback metric. Um, but that's all based off the stats. When you when you actually watch, like what went wrong for him? How did this happen? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, I'm not trying to like make an excuse. I'm just like making an observation when you watch the film. On the first five plays, someone's either dropping a pass or falling down in a route, and he can't throw the football because the guy that he's trying to throw the football to and and, I, and i've seen guys make these throws and they lead to picks and interceptions so like he's got logan thomas on a choice and he slips and the guy's breaking on the football and it's like the whole reason that route works is because my big body's in the way of this defender coming through and you've slipped so now i got to bring the ball down got to reset my feet and i don't think he's out of place in his career you know where he can just kind of oh i'm gonna hit the comeback he's not he's not there yet and he looks a little bit flummoxed, and but I don't think it's all on him. Now, does he need to make plays on certain on, on some of these these opportunities? Yeah, but some of them are like quick game, and guys fall down. Like right. there's a uh, there's a third. What is it? A third down? Uh, yeah, third and seven. And Logan Thomas is running a dig, like he's running a basic, and he falls. And that's where the ball should go. And th- because it's such a long developing route. It's like, I can't reset. I can't get to my new thing. So I scramble and I end up taking a big hit. So I just think like to start the game out. I felt I felt for him a little bit watching it because I'm like, okay, you get a, a a dink off Logan Thomas's helmet for an interception, and while that would be a tough catch, that's a definitely a catch Logan should make, right? And then you go through and you're like, this guy fell down, this guy fell down, this guy slipped, this is a bad read, this is this guy on this deep comeback falls down, and so yeah, it, Curtis does a drop on the on the play before the interception, yeah, on the RPO, which would have been an easy first down, like it was a really nice read by Sam. Talk about deleveraging your quarterback by EB. It was a it was a great play. Love that play. Drop the ball, like, and I think that's the thing that's really frustrating about the evaluations. You come out of it and you're like, so much bad stuff happened to him so early in this game. Like for example, there was a play I was watching where I'm like, this is a good route. This is just this is independent of people falling down. Jahan runs a good route, right? And it's like a comeback route. Great job by Jahan. He's working on sauce. And it would have been a really contested throw if you throw the comeback. But I'm like, the play before, Jahan had just fallen down. 
So how confident is he that he can let this go into a tight window with Sauce Gardner draped over this guy's back? And I just think like that stuff has a cumulative effect on the game, and it, and especially how it happened. I think it's probably the first five, six plays. Someone's yeah. falling, dropping a pass, and it just shakes you. And in this type of game um, versus this type of defense, the windows are going to be extremely tight, and you got to make confident throws with anticipation. And there are throws later where I'm like, you got to make this throw. Like this is, you got to anticipate this throw, step in the pocket, and throw this football. But I look back at the first, again, five, six, seven plays, and you're like, I understand why you're not because you don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to be there. And I think that's the thing that makes this game and makes this evaluation as a data point so frustrating. It's because the early, the offense kind of, kind of let them down a little bit. And again, there's, that's not to say it's the receiver's fault or whatever. It's just guys. It's kind of like the, the special teams things like guys just didn't make plays when they had to make them. And I think it negatively affects Sam's outcome. Yeah, it's um, that's terrible turf up there at MetLife. Um, mostly noted as terrible for injuries. Uh, for injuries, but it just sucks. And like guys probably aren't confident running, cutting on it. And again, like they're professionals, they need to run the routes. They need to, they need to have the right technique in and out of breaks so, and when be on balance so they don't fall. Like all that stuff for sure. You need to catch it um, if you're Logan Thomas. You need to catch it if you're Curtis Samuel. Um, but also, like you see, to to you know solidify your point, uh, I'd like to present Exhibit A, if you will. The second interception, the yeah. last pass he winds up throwing, is like say, you know he might have been told like, "Hey man, you got to just trust it. You got to throw it." He throws it. It's a great call by EB. He's got Curtis lined up in the backfield. He gets Curtis one on one on a choice route on a linebacker, and Sam puts the ball right where it's supposed to be. And Curtis slips and falls, and thus the ball goes to the linebacker. Yeah. But you have to throw that with the anticipation as he's coming out of the break. You don't know that he's about to slip. You throw with the right anticipation. All of a sudden, the receiver doesn't go where he's supposed to be because he falls, and the ball goes to the other team. Like, yeah. it just sucks as a quarterback. There's nothing you can do there. His process is correct. His result is bad. And I feel for him because early in this game, he was so let down that I think you're 100% correct. Like, and you could kind of see it happening, even watching it on TV and watching it live on TV. Nevertheless, when I rewatched the 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 condensed game um, before watching, you know, the all twenty two is like you just see it happening, and you're just yeah. like this. This is a kid that shot, and you think of all of the stuff that he's gone through this year, all the sacks he's taken, all the interceptions he's thrown, all this stuff, and eventually, like even the most resilient of people, and Sam Howell has shown an incredible resilience this year. It's something we've commented on and, and really like about the kid, but even the most resilient of people eventually hit a breaking point, and it just feels like he is at that breaking point, and, or at the very least, like he's walking on thin ice going into every game, and the last oh. couple of games, early, he's been the victim of bad circumstance, bad luck, and thus the ice breaks. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, I think that's a great point about him kind of like low-key being cooked a little bit. It's 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 a tough thing to watch because you see, I went back and watched some of his games from earlier this year. And you, again, there's some more space. There's, you know, there's more opportunity, but he's making elite throws. He's throwing into tight windows. He's anticipating throws. And it's not like he's anticipating, you know, the way, you know, a high-level veteran quarterback anticipates, but like he's he says... I know this is going to be there based on coverage. I'm going to fire the sucker in there. And to see that, it's like it's not even the same guy to a certain extent, you know. So there's been a pretty big, pretty big regression. And, you know, I, I mentioned this to you, like I was prepping for San Francisco and got to watch a lot of Brock Purdy stuff. And I think Brock Purdy gets this rap of kind of being a game manager. When you watch it, you're like, 
when he's got to make throws, he is dicing the defense. And it's and it's in this kind of vein of like that, that what elite quarterbacks do. He doesn't have to do it very often because they're so efficient running the football. And maybe that's a conversation that we can have later, you know, about yeah. like EB protecting him, whatever identity of this team. But, you know, there's a there's a dig. I forget who they're playing. And it's Tampa 2. And he throws the ball, you know, in Tampa 2, that Mike's running right down the middle of the field. Yeah. And there's an in cut and he throws it right to the back of the, the, the guy's head. And the receiver comes across and just grabs the ball right before the mic and turn all the way around. And I thought that is a, that doesn't even look open to me. Like that doesn't even look NFL open, but great job. And he does that so consistently and he trusts his playmakers and guys go up and they're winning 50, 50 balls. And they found a way to get McCaffrey on a linebacker. And it's, and it's still like tight window, high level anticipation throws. And when Sam's been in there, you know, the past four weeks, that's just not a thing. Like the the throws aren't there. And again, they've played better defenses. Things are tighter. I think the last time we saw even a shade of that was versus um, was versus the was Dallas in the first half. And it's been rough since then. And I think the other thing that shows up and, and kind of surprises me a little bit when I watch the Purdy film is the way that he works the middle of the field. And Sam has gotten away from that almost completely. So those are two things that I think are very large red flags regarding Sam's play. But in the context of this game, I think he never was able to kind of find his confidence, find his rhythm. And I think back to stuff Kyle used to do, Sean used to do when they were working with quarterbacks is let's get him a couple easy throws early, right? Make Help his confidence grow. And that's a thing. And so in this game, you get two drops and one leads to an interception. And so how confident right. is that football player going into the rest of that game? And I would say not very. So that was something that I wanted to ask you about because the play calling, I think, you know, when I went back and watched it, you know, I'm ready to be mad. And it's like, ah, oh, they dropped yeah. him back a ton. And it's like, no, there's quick game here. They threw a couple of, as they got into like the third and fourth drives of the game. I mean, the third drive of the game um, where he had had the, the drop season and people falling down every yeah. play basically up until that point, they start off with a screen and they get Curtis a big gain first down. Yeah. And you're like, this is sick. Good job, BB. Um, and they start the next drive, I believe, with a screen to Terry. And so they do, you know, screen it a little bit. They get the running game going, obviously, in this game a little bit. Chris Rodriguez was fantastic. I do wish they'd run it more, obviously. That's a topic we've long covered. Yeah. But, like, they did they did run it. And it, feel like as, it felt like as they got deeper into drives, then they would revert to more drop back. It was like, all right, drive starter, bang. All right, let's keep it going on the ground, bang. Even there was, I think it's the third drive of the game. They ran it twice in a row. And I was like, oh, yeah. looky there. Looky I think, there. I think it's the, the fourth drive of the game. Or was it the, the fourth drive? The screen and then two runs, right? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. That drive, whatever number that was. Math has yeah. never been my strong suit. I mean, Point is, third, fourth. The, yeah. the third was a three and out, so I understand why they're uh, like okay. Yeah, maybe together. it was drive, <laughs> drive four, drive five. That was the, the screen to Curtis. And then drive five was the screen to Terry. Right. Um, by the way, how often do you have like five, six drives in the first quarter? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> crazy Bad. um but any, anyway um i felt like as they got deeper into drives there was a cut as they started to like get a little bit going offensively obviously they never really got much going with sam in there but they would get deeper in these drives and then they would revert to drop back um and maybe there's a play action in there but I, i'm just curious what you made of of eb's attempts to get him out of that funk um and from you know from a play calling standpoint from a rhythm standpoint from a you know hey let's take some off your plate and run the football standpoint 
what'd you what'd you make of that? Yeah, so I think that fourth drive is interesting because I think it's it's exactly what you're talking about. You get some positive momentum. Uh, you get that screen. To, <clears throat> you get that screen to Curtis, which again is well executed. Love the offensive line getting out there. Like Wiley, I mean, you see the advantage of having a guy like Wiley out there who's just hyper mobile, like hyper athlete, gets out into space, does a great job. And I, and I think you know, like that's why you brought this guy in is because he's he's a good athlete and he and he does some stuff in the run game later. Where I was like, man, I, I think that's extremely high level you know so yeah. and again he gives up the sack unfortunately i think that fourth drive also ends with him getting smoked around the edge he, has, he gives up a sack and you know usually yeah. we're pretty we're, we're kind of like uh we're kind of saying like oh you know wiley's not playing as bad as people think and i think when you look at the course of the 61 plays of this game he played pretty well but that sack's on him and i think he'll right. tell you that right he right and that's the thing hands. is like can you make yep. key plays at key times right but anyway Continue. No, no, sorry. and I, I think no. That's a great point on on him specifically, and I think uh, the first first and ten is is a play that I like. I like the play. Like if you said Logan, draw this play up. Why are you calling it? Do you like it? It's basically a way for them to get to play action stuff. It's a play action concept off a drop back, and so it just allows them to get more eligibles out. They've got chip help on both sides. They've got another element to it. So basically, it's a post by this receiver on the right. I forget who it is. It might be Terry. Deep post a high cross across the middle of the field, kind of attacking that void where you're hoping coverage carries the post. And then, so usually that's what you get in a play action concept, right? And everything yep. else is kind of dead. because I run that play on Madden all the yeah, time. Tight high cross is in. always open. And and they ran it versus, um, gosh, they ran it versus uh, Miami. And that was the one where Leno didn't block the, the free runner. And he kind of mm -hmm. had to put the ball up to Terry. So they added an element. It's not off play action anymore. They've got a third element where they're running like a big swirl route coming into the void that could potentially be vacant. So love it. I mean, it's it's there. It's it's a really nice concept. Um, and I just, I, I remember thinking like, why doesn't this work? And everything's tight. There's tight window throws across the board. And I think you're asking him in that moment to do probably more than he's ready to do. And again, that's not saying that he's physically incapable of doing it, but based on that concept, the reason that it's great is you're saying, I'm gonna read the post kind of high cross space. If that's dead, I can either check the football down to the flat or I can work this swirl that's coming back into my vision. But you gotta work through it kind of quick. And mm -hmm. it's just not, it's, he just, I don't think he's there right now. Like just watching him, I don't think he's there right now. So then it's second, and then it ends up being second and 10. And you run a choice, which I think is a great call. Like run a choice or like a CEO, I forget what it was, but like some something short, something to kind of, incrementally gain back that yardage that you've lost and I, I remember thinking to myself like you have Byron Pringle running the corner of a choice right so it's like a, a choice is usually like you get an outside release corner pick this coverage player so that the um that the choice runner can kind of give more space to work and I'm like I know and and, and in my mind I'm like he's going to work the choice side um Sam so why not put Terry at the corner like, why not have him draw that matchup and work that corner out? So your high-level throw or your, your two-level throw is choice to corner and Terry's running the corner where you get a guy who's going to – and so, like, there were times like that where I'm like, this is a good concept, like the call. But kind of to your point, and I think you brought it up quite a bit, is, like, can we formation this where our playmakers are going to be in the progression to that side? And, and, and I, there are reasons not to do that, but I'm also like, at this point – Let's try to find ways to get that done. And so then you're in a third and long situation. You run an, uh, an Omaha takeoff, so an out and up. Curtis yeah. wins, like he's open. Like, and, I, yes. you know, I'm not a big fan of like straight vertical routes into a defense. 
but they're in a tight split. They run this out and up. Curtis is wide open and you give up a sack. So uh, I think it's when you look at that, you say, I like the first, I like the play the first time. I like the second play. Sam, I don't think is in a good spot to read that out the way it needs to be read out. And then I think on the, on the choice, um, he misses the throw, but I think someone trips or slips or something like that and ends up being third and 10. So you had this really excellent momentum, explosive run, explosive screen, and then it just immediately dries up and dies. And that's just, yeah, that's tough. So I was wondering what happened on that second down play because he just throws the ball like out of range for Pringle. And if someone slipped underneath on the choice and he just kind of got rid of it to Pringle because he's double covered. Yeah. Um, that would that makes a lot of sense because you got nothing. Um, I also think that's one of the other things that is worth pointing out is the way like he vacated a ton of clean pockets in this game. And and like the way when Jacoby comes in, Jacoby extends plays versus the way Sam extends plays. Yeah. And I think, you know, in some ways he's a victim of his own success earlier in the year. He had so much success running out of the pocket and making plays off schedule that's and something like, we talked about is like is this yeah. going to be a crutch and a bad habit and i remember watching i think it was the patriots game he's making explosive plays and you're like he's leaving too early and yes is this something that's going to bite him in the butt down the road and this consider is, him bitten yes right so yeah, I don't know how much there is to add there, but like you watch, it, it, you know, when we start talking about which we're going to in a moment, the differences when Brissett comes in and what Jacoby does versus what Sam does, Jacoby's willingness to stay in the pocket, obviously Jacoby's veteran ability to throw with anticipation, um, but the way that Jacoby moves within the pocket and the way that he has a sense of it, because there are times where like he, one of the plays that we already talked about was when I think it was the second drive of the game when he rolls out and he gets absolutely blasted and he nearly, it looks very similar to the, uh, the pick to Logan, obviously the Logan, uh, play is a design rollout, but like that same, like he's rolling to his left hard and then takes a shot. Um, and this is the one where the ball pops straight up in the air and luckily falls to the turf, but he gets blasted. He's not under pressure. Like he just runs into pressure. And I think, I think that to, to like make a point that we've been making all year, when we say that this offensive line is not the worst in the NFL, and we say this offensive line is playing okay, that they are an average offensive line. One, go look at the rushing stats. Yards per yeah. carry, I'll say it again, they're they're doing well. Um, two, can, and by the way, they're doing well in spite of the fact that neither of us really like the way they scheme up their run game. They just yeah. they hit blocks uh, with consistency, enough well, consistency, yeah. and their backs are doing a good enough job. Um, and then two, I think you know more importantly to the pass game stuff, if you create a pocket and your quarterback's in it and he's safe and he runs out of it and runs into pressure, that's not the offensive line's fault. Yeah. And that is what happened five, six, seven times in this game. Easy. Yeah. And on that play specifically, that's the one where Logan's running the dig. They're basically set up the play so that his eyes should go to Logan. And I think he's doing the right thing. His eyes are going to Logan over the middle field and Logan trips and he falls yeah. down. And so right when Logan falls, and this is what you can tell when a guy's not in a good spot is right when Logan trips, the ball comes down. It's like, where do I go with the ball? And there's a comeback. There's some other opportunities, but it's, that's, you got to have that composure. And you've seen Jacob or you saw Jacoby last week, you know, he was expecting to work Logan over the middle of the field. It wasn't there. He had to reset and throw, uh, throw the, the kind of slot comeback to Curtis Samuel. And I just think there's a, there's an element of composure to Jacoby's game, which comes from experience, which comes from not getting hit a thousand times or whatever it was 55 55 sacks whatever that number is and so yeah. on this play i think it's just it, it shows kind of to me where his head's at right 
you get two drops you get that other one where number where um where the next play first and 10 on this drive Jahan falls down yep. okay not there for the throw logan falls down on the third and seven and He's not in a spot where he's confident enough to be like, okay, I know what to do. Let me just get there. Yeah. He's, 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 I don't want to say, because I think this, has, he's seeing ghosts a little bit. And I think yeah. that that's, that's part of the issue that you were talking about, or you've been talking about for the last four weeks is like, when you leverage this guy to the hilt all the time, like it's not going to be, he's not a, he's not a veteran that can handle this responsibility and you've leveraged him to the hilt and he's starting to kind of wither a little bit. And how do you kind of get him back on track is, is going to be the million dollar question going to the rest of the season. Yeah. And just real quick, a note on that before we ask the question of like what to do next, this is happening to Patrick Mahomes right now too. Yeah. Um, like Patrick Mahomes for the first time, probably in his entire career as a starter is so, I mean, he's leveraged, which is fine because he's Patrick Mahomes and, and they are not the same. Patrick is still doing incredible stuff each yeah. and every week, but like you can see when you watch even the, the, the TV, you know, stuff. I'm not going back and watching all 22 Chiefs tape just in case anyone's yeah, worried about either. my well-being. Um, but like, you see Travis Kelsey open underneath. Like, you see some of the stuff available to him, and he's starting to just like be like, I got to make a play. I gotta, I gotta get the ball downfield because I can't trust my guys to, to catch right. the ball on a consistent right. basis. And it's, it's starting. Also, like his demeanor, like he is starting to break a little bit in a way that we've never seen Patrick Mahomes break. And I, I think. Mahomes will be just fine. Um, they'll probably win a couple of playoff games. Like their defense is playing outrageous, and that's why they're so competitive. Um, but you see, you see Mahomes dealing with this on a Mahomesian level. I can't imagine what it's like to be Sam Howell right now dealing with this at his level. And because, oh, by the way, also you don't have. Uh, you know, the relationship that you have with the Travis Kelsey, with anybody. You don't have a great defense that's playing at a top five level that that you know is going to keep you in the game. Like, the pressure of that is so, so immense. And it is certainly withering down Sam Howell, if not straight up have broken him. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Which leads to the inevitable question of what do you do now for the commanders at quarterback? Logan, I am on record. Uh, I said this in, in the postgame show, which I know you listen to, and I've, I've talked about this on the radio as well. I would start Jacoby Brissett against San Francisco. I would then probably, I don't know what the circumstance would be. I'm sure if like Jacoby goes out and plays a perfect game, it would feel pretty dirty to, to then bench him again. But I would in all likelihood start Jacoby against San Francisco start Sam again against Dallas with the reason being you can't bench him a third time and go back to him. He could use a extended reset. I think he could use a full game of watching Jacoby prepare and, and play and see how it plays out. And then at the end of the season, if you play him against Dallas and you have to bench him again, like the season's over, who cares? All right, no. Jacoby, go land the plane. Uh, thanks for, thanks for everything. And then, and then everybody exits uh, holding hands because none of them are coming back. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I just think for his safety, because he is so, you know, he's so 
not in it right now mentally. And it's not for lack of effort, whatever. I don't even, I'm, I don't even know the phrasing I want to use. Cooked, if you want to use the word yeah. you used earlier, right? He's so cooked right now that you you just can't put him out there again. And especially against this defense, but really against any NFL defense, I would not I would not expose him to that. That's where I'm at. What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably I would do something similar. And I was just trying to empathize and kind of put myself in EB's spot or Ron's spot and what they want to do. And I do think, you know, there is a motivation by Ron that he wants to leave a legacy here. And I think there's a guy in Sam who's talented enough, talented enough to do that. It's just about how you make sure that he's showing that at a critical part of the year. And so um, I think there's going to be a motivation from Ron to get him back out there. But to your point, like I've started watching the San Fran stuff. And I was watching uh, the Minnesota game because that's the game that they gave up the most yards and, you know, really struggled. And you're looking at extremely tight window throws, high level anticipation by Kirk Cousins before he hurts himself in that game. And you're just like, this is the the antithesis of what Sam is right now. And so if we put him out there and we can't effectively move the football um, offensively running or with screens or whatever, because this defense is they're, they're ripping to the ball, man. They're really well coached. They're very confident. And, um, you know, Fred Warner's a beast, all that kind of stuff. It's, I don't know, based on these last four weeks of production, how he even functions, how the offense even functions with him at the helm. So I think you owe it to the rest of the guys on the roster to basically be like, hey, man, we're going with Jacoby. And just to be clear, it's not like Jacoby is like the second coming in terms of quarterback play. Like he made it. I don't know, man. First five drives of the season, all touchdowns. What more do you want? Yeah. I mean, tight window throw to Logan Thomas on the Skinner on the, on the post route. Really excellent. And that's a, that's a throw that I don't think Sam makes right now. And I think right. that's the difference. He's the confidence, the delivery, like Sam's physically capable of doing that. Obviously, we've seen him do that earlier in the year. Right. But he's just not doing it right now because I think there's, you know, like he's cooked a little bit. And so that's a good good throw by Jacoby. Then he throws a stick route to Terry and Terry makes a great play. Then they get a DPI. And so it wasn't like he was out there just dealing and dicing people up. And he, he had his own struggles against this defense. I'm talking about um, Jacoby. And I think Jacoby would – I think he gives you the best chance to win against San Francisco. Um, I think he gives you the best chance to look good offensively. But don't get it twisted. It's not like it's going to come out and this offense is going to look great because yeah. they create a ton of pressure. They've got an excellent defensive line. They've got an excellent – the secondary, I think, is underrated in terms of how effectively they operate. So – I don't expect like a miracle is what I'm saying. I think you'll see more yeah. productive. So for because- the draft position people, which is not what Ron's thinking about at all, um, right. you're not risking winning, like more risking winning, if you will, than if Sam is out there. But it's still Jacoby Brissett and the Washington Commanders versus the San Francisco 49ers. Like, come yeah. on. And, you know, they got embarrassed uh, on, what was that, Christmas they got embarrassed? Yeah. yeah and yeah. they're going to come out and be ready to rock and roll. There's no doubt in my mind. They're going to use that as a, a springboard because that's what good teams do. So I, I look at that and I say, uh, in terms of Sam, I, I probably feel comfortable starting Jacoby the last two games of the year. Like, I really would. Because it's like he, he has just regressed so badly at this point. It doesn't do anybody any favors. And unless, like, in practice or – you know, during the week, you kind of feel like he's found his rhythm again. He's more confident. Uh, you Maybe you play him against Dallas. Maybe you feel like, hey, we can get him in for the second half of San Francisco when the score, when we're down by 15 points, whatever that looks like. But I don't think right now, after watching this game and after watching the last couple of games, that he's in a very good spot to play football. I want to address something real quick that you'll have great insight on because you were here for it. Um, 
had a caller yesterday that was basically like, you got to find out what he is. You got you to gotta keep playing him. You got to see if he can get through this. And my retort to that is that's actually not, like he is not preordained to be something as an NFL quarterback. It is not right. inevitable that he will be good or bad. The way that you treat him will help shape whether he is good or bad in the future. And benching him might be beneficial because if he's, if he's cooking and he's not cooked, then you can save him from becoming cooked. And that could actually be the thing that, that works out for his future the best as opposed to you know, letting him play through it. You're actually just torturing him more. And the thing that I'm going to reference that, or the guy that I'm going to reference that you were here for is Kirk. Kirk yep. got benched multiple times in 2013 and 2014 before ultimately becoming the starter in 2015. Like, what do you remember from those ins and outs? And obviously there was a lot going on with the quarterback position then with Robert being the, the focal point. Colt um, played some good ball in that time as well and kind of left here sour that he, he was the only guy that didn't get benched because of injury. Um, or that oh, he didn't get benched because of performance. He only got sat because of injury and right. he never really got a fair shot again. Um, but for Kirk specifically, the guy who it worked out for uh, in the NFL, what what do you think he took out of those? What do you remember from those times that he's on the sideline and for getting benched in 2013, 2014 that ultimately plays out in his, his favor long-term? Yeah, I mean, obviously Kirk is a guy that is kind of wired the right way and built the right way and does things the right way and is motivated to be great. Uh, but there were times like where you're – you're on the sideline, you're t you hear the coaches talking to him, you're in the huddle and you're just, you get a sense that he's not seeing it very well. He's not comfortable with what he's looking at. And so you bench him. And I think in those opportunities, you kind of, uh, the coaches identified that he was having an issue, that the offense was having an issue and that, that a change needed to be made. And I do think if they had left him in, in those situations, like knowing Kirk at that time in his life, that would have cascaded into something terrible like you know we're talking he had multiple interception games we're talking four five six interceptions because that's just how his process was he was kind of so high strung in those moments and I think the coaches save him they save him from making a drastic mistake drastic uh, kind of failures and it allows him to grow in a somewhat healthy way and I think when you look at his process and how it grew like those things shape that and so that's one thing about Sam this year that I think a lot of people were you know, in, in retrospect, we're, we're rightfully worried about is like, maybe it's too much too soon, giving him the starting role, like let Jacoby be the guy, let him run the ship for a little bit, it'll get to a point where Jacoby should, you know, is going to have an issue. And then Sam comes in and, and plays out the rest of the year. And it kind of lets you kind of establish who you want to be offensively, it lets you kind of see the issues you're having in terms of offensive line or, or whatever, right. And you get a guy who can emotionally and mentally handle that. And I think that there's value to it. And so I think the fact that they did it the other way, which there's nothing wrong with that decision, but this is a possible issue with that is that you get in a, you get in a situation where a young player is not playing confident football. And I, and I think Kirk is a great example of a guy who kind of had little, little downs, like little down slopes. They stop the slide. They preserve his confidence. They get him back in there. And so it's kind of like the stock market. It, it might look like a bad, a bad data point, but ultimately that thing trended positively for a very long time, you know, like over the course of his career. And now he's, he was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. So I think that that, that's something that, again, I think back to is like, it's just how you handle the individual and Kirk, as you know, Kirk is kind of yeah. like that. And I think that worked really well for him 
Would it have worked well for Sam? Is it going to work well for Sam? I have no idea. Yeah, I see. I trust Sam's resilience in getting benched to not bother him long term. I don't trust him to find it without this hard reset like that's kind of my thing is like i think the best thing for sam he's not going to be like oh my career is over i suck because i got benched he's going to be like okay i finally get to breathe (laughs) like that i think that's important in knowing that i don't i I don't know i think i think the conversation that you just you know hypothesized with starting jacoby earlier is a really interesting one I don't want to do revisionist history though and pretend like, you know, when we talk about Sam being better than Jacoby for much of training camp, like that was true. Um, I think for, for most of camp, like I think think that's the thing though about him. And I think what you're seeing now, and again, it's, it's hindsight's 2020. So I'm not, this is not a criticism of the staff because I think this is how I felt is definitely the ceiling of Sam Howell was much higher. His, his physical ability was good and you saw him do enough of kind of like the minutiae to feel good about it. But when you watch Jacoby against Baltimore, against the defense in practice, and he's able to identify coverages and get the ball out mm-hmm. and identify protections, and that's stuff that is now, I think, becoming a little bit of an issue week in and week out. The ability to anticipate throws at a high level, like right. all that kind of like varsity. But they were close order. enough that it like wasn't crazy. No, that, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like... But yeah. the stuff that Jacoby was doing better is something you'd expect a veteran to be doing better with, right? And yeah. those are things that Sam is still having a hard time with because it's hard to develop those skill sets in season. Um, you know, the anticipation, the tight window throws, the protections, understanding when you're hot, all those things Jacoby was significantly better at. But in terms of high-level arm talent, dynamic release, pushing the ball down the field, tight window, like you know, where I'm a little off platform throwing that football, it's all Sam in that regard. So physically you saw, but I do think that it's that other kind of that like kind of nuts and bolts of playing the quarterback position where we haven't seen the improvement that I think we all were hoping. He has improved. Let me, let me back. He has improved, but not, he's not at Jacoby's level with that stuff just yet. For sure. And we thought, you know, I know it's hard to do in season, but you figure with some experience, like he would learn and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and I think just, we also thought that they weren't going to – that the the offensive play calling and the offensive philosophy was going to be a little bit more conservative. And I think early in the season, I was kind of surprised at how effective this really aggressive approach was. But I think it kind of also led to like kind of this false reality a little bit, basically saying like, oh, he's done this, he can do it, as opposed to saying maybe we should have started with something a little bit different that helps kind of mitigate some of the risk that this offense is exposed to. And again, that's one of those things that's really hard to do because the defense didn't live up to billing and you're in these shootout games every single week. So very complicated, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, but I do think that having that kind of steady pace of Jacoby in there is going to be uh, a significant bump. So, yeah, for sure. I'm currently searching my notes for too much and I'm like, when did I start talking about them running the ball too much? Cause it was, early in the season when things were working and that that was kind of, that's always kind of been my thing is like the bigger mistake wasn't starting Sam over Jacoby it was how they've played with Sam this year from a play calling and approach standpoint they've leveraged him too much and in some ways like the worst thing that happened was it worked early and yeah, so they, no, they were like oh exactly yeah this right. is good we're gonna be able to play through this we're gonna win some football games and Sam's gonna get better and it's like no 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 no, no. you're getting yeah. lucky you're getting lucky and you caught certain teams at the right time and all of that stuff so um, that is what it is. So we both agree we would start Brissett at the very least versus San Francisco. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a question at this point. Okay. Uh, well, we're recording this at uh, 8.15 in the morning on Wednesday, December 27th. Sometime around 4 p.m. today, Ron Rivera will announce that. So uh, if uh, that press conference hasn't happened by 4 o'clock, we will carry it live on the Hoffman Show. And if, uh, if it has, then Chris Russell will carry it live. So there you go. 